This podcast is brought to you by Continuum, proud sponsor of Wessex Wanderers. Hello, listeners, and uh, welcome to the Wessex Wanderers podcast. I'm your host, Matt McCarthy, and I'm joined today by the Wessex Reserves Management Team in Mark Hooper and Lewis Berry. But I'm also joined with General Manager Jake Walsh for a very special Christmas episode. How are we doing, lads? How's everyone doing? The one thing I wanted to avoid was everyone saying hi at the same time. (laughs) Literally immediately everyone says hi. Hoops, how we doing, mate? Good, mate. How are you? I'm I'm grand. I'm I'm loving life. Lou, you all right, mate? (laughs) Yeah, all good, mate. All good. And Jacob, how you doing? I mean, Jake. Jacob. Living the dream, mate. Living the dream. So... Obviously, we've been away for quite a while uh, in regards to the podcast. Bit of a hiatus, if you will. Um, lots of stuff has happened in the meantime uh, throughout the summer. Uh, and obviously, this is being recorded, hopefully getting out just before Christmas. So it's been about, I think we said, what, June was the last one we did? Was it Was it mid-summer, something like that? Um, which yeah, I think end of the season in June. <clears throat> it was the, the team reviews for like the end of season review um so we've got about six months to, to catch up on lots of highs and a few lows um so we thought we'd uh we'd bring back a, a special a special podcast um with whoever we could uh rope in so we'll start off <clears throat> just on how those six months have started really um i guess I would start with the first team, but I don't want to be talking forever, just me. So I kind of want to talk collectively as, on how the seasons have started from a, a reserve point of view and also for a, from a first team point of view. Boys, what, do you, uh, what are your thoughts? First thoughts on, on your, your first seasons as, uh, as a reserve management team? Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was a, a decent start. The preseason was a bit rocky. Um, I think collectively as a club, we could probably look at pre-season and do it a little bit better next time. Um, yeah. But we got games in, so it was, it, you know, it was good from that perspective. But I think we we can we can take the lessons learned from the pre-season and and take that into, you know, we're already thinking about next pre-season, which it sounds mad when you think about it being December. But um, yeah, but you no, have it's, to, it, it's it's an element of planning. If, if you can if you can plan that far ahead, I feel like you're already you know a step ahead of the the other teams around you. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and we will um yeah we'll, we'll probably won't go into detail about the results and stuff in in that preseason, but I think overall we came out of it in in reasonably good shape considering the fact that um, we lost um, a lot of a lot of players and we lost some um, some staff. Um, over the summer to leave into for other clubs. Uh, so yeah, the, the start was was all right from a reserves perspective. We 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 drew our first game of the season. What was what was the result of your first game, Matt? So first game. So it was it was a bit different for the, the way I look at it is we had the obviously we had the GFA tournament that we enter every year. Um, which are 60-minute games up uh, in Almondsbury. And 
they weren't particularly great. Preseason for us wasn't great in terms of results. <clears throat> for us, it was more about seeing where we were at with um, the players we had and also kind of the fitness levels and how far we needed to push ourselves. Going up a league, it was always going to be difficult. Um, and this season is proving to be quite quite a challenging one. Um, but we'll come on to the multitude of, of reasons as to why it has been difficult. Um, but our first... Do you know what? I can't remember our first game. There's there's one there's one result that sticks out to me, as uh, as you'll probably know, uh, against Nick uh, Nick Wands. We uh, we drew one all with them in a quite an emotionally charged game, not in a you know we will want to hurt each other type deal. It was more of a it was it was a reunion for some, even though you know because obviously Trutch. Nick Trutch left us last year with Ron um, and went to be the, the first team managers of Nick, Nick Wands. Um, and obviously we organised the friendly and, you know, a few other players, Connor Collins, Jordan Evans, Cal Rogers, um, Josh Jewell as well. They all went to, to Nick Wands to, to try it with Trutch. And, and H. And H as well. Yeah, Aiden Lee. Um, you could even put Del Sheps in there, even though I think he was on the side at that point. Um, so there was a, a fair amount of players that went to try it with Trutch in a, in a different league, in the the, the district uh, leagues, I believe. Um, so tried it with tried right. it with him, and uh, and we gave him a really good game. I think it was one of our best performances. They, I feel like they came into the game slightly different to to we did. We kind of, you know, hunkered down and and really put some grit and determination into that performance. And that was the benchmark, really, for us uh, to to perform like that in you know every game that we played in the league. It's just a shame that the rest of our performances in preseason didn't live up to that. I remember we lost four one or five one to Thornbury Reserves. I'm pretty sure that was that was poor. That was a poor performance from us. Um, and at the same time, you've got us trying to figure out what our best team will be. Um, given the players that have left, obviously not not everyone went to a different team. You had Kim, um, who, who uh, moved to London, and he was one of our he was our striker last year. Quality player. It's actually his birthday on the day of recording this. I need to send him a message. Um, but he he was a quality player, as, as Hoops knows, because he played in the Colts with him. Um, one is it once or twice? I think he scored a hat, hat trick for you. Yeah, he played a couple of times for me. Kim was a it was a fantastic lad, and it was a bit a big loss to the club when when he decided to leave. And it was only a couple of weeks before the start of the season as well, wasn't it? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it was a big loss. I just I just thought as well we've we've missed out Luke Bowden. He played for Nick Wands, didn't he? He did. Yeah, but he's back now. Yeah, <laughs> and, Dibble, and, and Dibble, he was there to watch to to potentially go and sign on for him. Mm. That lasted. That lasted long. They tried but... taking me as a social media executive, <laughs> but uh, but I turned that down. It was I couldn't. I couldn't leave. You couldn't leave. There was a. There was other jobs on the table. No, no, no. Not for me. There wasn't. There was for Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> they, made, they made Lewis a genuine offer. Yeah. Yours first the team. First one. team. First team coach slash player. Oof. I think you made the right decision, mate. I think I did. Um, uh, also, 
from a club perspective, we lost. Oh, we lost. We lost Ches well before, you know, during last season. But he he did the rounds <laughs> during the during the summer, <laughs> and we played Nelsy and Tickenham, uh, their reserves, and we lost six four to them, I think, or six three six four. Really strange performance from us, playing quite well and then completely folding ourselves in the last ten minutes of the game. Um, I actually set up Ches for that goal. Um, not my proudest moment. Uh, and he's never let me live it down since. Uh, it was an awful finish, but he scored the goal. That's the main thing. Um, and shortly after that, he came back. So it seems to be a theme of, of scoring against us and coming back, doesn't there? Mm. In a, but we'll get onto that list um, shortly after. But in terms of pre-season, I feel like you could say from our perspective, you know, reserves and first team, that it could have gone better. I wouldn't... I, I remember we, Tom and I thinking that fitness was the main issue come kind of the end of pre-season. And where I do think it was an issue, I feel like we definitely could have trained ourselves harder. I don't think we were mentally were at the right place to start in the league we were going into. And you that you could see that off the, the first game that we played against um, old old Catanians. We lost 3-1. But, my God, we were like... Uh, we What was it? It was boys against men that day. Honestly, we just... We got shown right up. <laughs> um, but I digress. Um, yeah, but you, you say that, Matt, I think. <laughs> off, off, just, just, just to touch on that really quickly... We all went up to Lot Lee's after, and um, I remember chatting to to yourself, to Sharky, and to to Trimble after the game, and it it did feel like a deserved loss, but yeah. it, you you boys were already in the mindset of right. Well, now we know what the level is. We've kind of been shown up today. We can we can never do that again. We can we can't put that sort of performance in um, in this league. And so, it, even though it must have felt, you know, tough to go in and lose lose the game in the manner that you did, the the sort of you know, the feeling around the club was was never negative then, and it still isn't now, is it? That's that's one big thing to take away from, you know, the halfway point in the season is results may not have been going any of our ways, reserves probably less so, um, but the morale within the club has managed to stay at a very good level throughout, throughout people leaving, coming back, throughout, you know, losses, deserved and undeserved. The That's something that's a true testament to this club. And I feel like we've said that before um, on, on other podcasts that we've done, that this club's special and the lads that keep that morale high and that keep pushing each other, they're a big, big part of that. But uh, Mr. Walsh, I haven't heard a lot from you so far, mate. Sorry to keep you awake. What I do you think? Waiting for the right time to get in. <laughs> what What's your thoughts on, you know, pre-season and, and seeing the uh, seeing the club from from your perspective as general manager so far? Um, from a, yeah, from a performance perspective, I think, you know, as you said, then the reserves less so. But from the first perspective, I think it, it's gradually starting to get there. Um, and like we just said, then the chemistry, the atmosphere, the morale around the club, considering 
the first team haven't had a league win yet, um, it is very good. And I think that's something to definitely take away from it. Um, like I said, when, when I first joined in May, it was a bit, you know, a lot of stuff happened in terms of people leaving, coming and going. But, like you said, the club's special in many ways. And I think one of those ways is the fact of how everything was dealt with. And we are on the up. It's a big thing for all three teams to get promoted, especially as we've learned the first going from, is it the senior to the premier? Yeah. Um, It's only one division, but the difference is mental. Um, But all in all, it's, um, it's looking positive. I think I think you touched upon it there, Jake. The whole, the step up in in terms of the teams that, from a first team perspective, the teams that we've faced last year in comparison to the teams this year. When you look at teams like Avonmouth first, who are storming our league at the moment, yeah. and you teams like Ridings High last year, who I you probably see some pub teams on Sundays play better than they they did. Yeah. Um. The the gap in class and quality is was astounding. Um, but then again, you've also got teams in our league that are beatable. Um, we just haven't beaten them. <laughs> it really is a yeah. simple so far. Um, and I kind of feel it's, it's the same with the reserves. You know, the, the, uh, the reserves went from... I mean, they finished third last year. They went up because um, Rockley's seed couldn't go up because of how many teams they've got. Um, but... Even going from Division 3 to Division 2, granted the reserves are in second place at the moment with, I think, maybe one or two games in hand. But despite them being in a really strong position, I've noticed straight away the difference in quality, even one division apart, and it's absolutely mental. Um, But yeah, I, I watched a couple of games for the first last year before joining, and... Almondsbury was the one, the main one that I can remember. And I think that was a good run out, if you will, because they were quite a decent team at the time. But no disrespect to them. The difference between then and now with the teams in that league and this league is completely different. And I think we all knew it was, it was going to be a bit of a shock. If you take that out for a second, I think not only are are the players dealing with it well, but you and Tom as managers as well. I think it's been a it's been a strong response, if you will. Um, the performances are getting there, um, but on the day there's just a few like lapses in concentration, which are leading to goals, which is then costing. Yeah, no, I I'd agree with you. The, the the whole lapses in concentration and, and the lack of focus at times is throughout the whole 90 minutes is what's costing us. And it, it has cost us and it did in pre-season. It's not something we've been able to stamp out as much as I would have liked to. Um, I don't know how Lou and Hoops view the change in, in, in quality between the leagues. Obviously, Hoops was the manager of the Colts last season, which was in Division 5. So there is a considerable change in quality regardless. Um, but what what do you boys think of it in terms of the quality of the, the teams you're up against at the moment? Well, obviously, 
playing for the Reses last season um, and then getting promoted to the division above, I do think there is a big difference. I don't think the, the league that we was in last season, bar four teams, including us, the rest of the teams were terrible. Terrible. We we turn up. We win four or five, six nil, fifteen one. We won one game. We it's kind of like we knew we were going to win those games. They were all games that we knew we were going to win, except for the top four teams, which is Redbridge Reserves, um, Rockleys, ourselves, and Old Georgian's first team. Apart yeah. from that, the rest of the team was just they weren't at it at all. So I think going up, going up to this division. I think um, there is there are some tough teams. Broad playing reserves, very very good team. I think <clears throat> obviously that was our first game of the season. We drew five five, which we should have won. Like they had ten men after twenty minutes. We were five three up. Conceded two goals in the last five to ten minutes. So frustrating, but they're the team to beat. I think they'll. I think they will be the team to um, to potentially win the league. Just a very good team. And obviously, we we've still got Redbridge reserves in there from last season. Stoke side a pretty good team. So yeah, this it's a it's a tougher league for sure. It's definitely a tougher league, but there's still a lot of winnable games. And I know we are second at the moment, but the the points that we've dropped this season are so frustrating. I actually think even though we're in a good position, I think we've been quite inconsistent. Mm. And you you look at you look at the the result against Rockleys Rangers B. I mean, I turned up just before halftime and we've missed a penalty. We've hit the post, hit the crossbar. We had a team that was a mix between Colts and Rezies and we were winning and we conceded in both both occasions for it to go 2-2. So that was a frustrating game. And obviously looking at it on paper, the team sheet, we didn't have the strongest team, but Rockley's they were not at it at all. So we should have won that. We should have <clears> easily won that game, which is frustrating. And then the for me, the one that sticks out was the cutters result. I think we went to cut well, I, I wasn't there on that weekend, but us Reses went to cutters on that weekend and they haven't won a single game in that in that division. And we were on pretty decent form. Our last league game before that was Redbridge Reserves and we won seven one. Um yeah, and then we, that was a big result. Yeah, and then going from that to then Cutters, who haven't won a game, to lose 3-0. Yeah, that's what makes our season so inconsistent and not good not good enough, really. You look at the you look at the league table, like you asked me and Hooper before the start of the season, we'd bite anyone's hand off a second in the place going into the new year. So we've done well, we've got results. And we've got results against the harder teams, which is even more frustrating because when it comes to the teams that we should be beating, we're not winning. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a bit of an inconsistent season, but I can definitely see the difference in standard from last season's league to this league. Yeah, I, I was I was there for that for that cutters game. I came to watch it. And if there was ever <clears throat> to, ha- to have an off day against, you know, bottom of the league, I feel like it's even more frustrating because even the quality that we had, even having an off day against them, you you would you would bet you bet on yourselves to win. No, yeah. no, yeah. no disrespect to cutters, but the utmost disrespect to cutters because they were not a very good team on the day. But 
But they, it was that, it was they, that Matt. I completely agree with what you're saying. But they th- their organisation was was poor as well, and they were at home. You know, they 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 had ten men for the for the vast majority of the first half because, well, for a mixture, one their players didn't turn up on time. We had to run their line, uh, and then their discipline was incredibly poor, and they ended up having you know over the course of the game three people simbined, and we still. Yeah. Despite all of that, and we had a full bench. I had, I had, you know, I had a five-man bench um, because obviously that's allowed in the suburban league this season. And and even even with all of that in our favour, you know, a really good, um, really good prep for the game. All of that considered, you know, we we just don't don't turn up. And like Lou touched on, there's been games where we've fallen asleep for little moments in the game, and it has immediately come to bite us um so it, it is has been inconsistent but then you look at the the injuries and, and that's that could probably be a, a podcast in itself with the yeah, amount of, yeah. of injuries we've had this season i mean hoops how many players have we actually used for the reses this season 48 so far it's crazy well, i can't remember the yeah. i can't remember the number truck had used at the end of season for the I reserves it was but, in the sixties, wasn't it? Wasn't it like sixty-three yeah. or something? We're, we're only, only halfway through. Yeah, we're head, we're heading to those sorts of numbers again, which which does show that we've got a lot of a lot of players at the club. Hence, why we've got three teams. But but still, you know, all credit to the players that have put on a a Wessex shirt for for whichever team this season. But ultimately, we need results on the pitch. It's not a social club. It's a it's a competitive men's football team. So we want to be going out every weekend and winning games, scoring goals, and having a, having having a good time. So, yeah, bit frustrating, but we move. We we do we do move. You say that you've used forty eight, and you know I think Tom and Fatio worked out the other day that we've used forty one in the first team. 41. Crazy, crazy. For a first team competing at the level that we are, we want a consistent, we want for the entire season, max 20. Yeah, yeah. Like the, 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 the max we want is 20, but <clears throat> through availability fluctuating, through people being there one week and not the next, and, and also the injuries we've had so far this season. I don't want to sound like a Liverpool supporter from the other year when it was it was injuries this, injuries that, but good God, injuries have been present this season throughout the club. Um, but they have... And they still are. And they and still they are. Still 100%. You look at... It was our potential front three for the first team was going to be um, Jord up top with Jack Millard and, and Tom Trimble on, on the wings. All three of them injured within the first game, two games. <clears throat> Um, and they're, they're injuries that are, I would say, unavoidable. They're just trauma injuries, weren't, weren't they? It was all ankle, ankle, ankle. They both rolled their ankle. Obviously, Tom did it on the 4G at home. I can't remember who it was against. Um, and his that ankle was a, wasn't oh. pretty, to say the least. And then Jack Miller did his ankle um, on the first game of the season. And I catch up with him. Every time I see him about it, I see how he's getting on, and he's literally saying he's getting nowhere with it. And it's just, it almost seems as though there's no end in sight with a few injuries, which I'm not saying is like a key factor to the current situation with results, but it certainly plays a big factor. 
it disrupts it. It really does. And, and Millard was, I think that was the second game. That was against St. Oldham's because we, we played old Catanians in the first game and he, he played in that one. Um, but even so, the, the, the injuries that we have had this season, it's, it just, at one point, it was, it was like a snowball effect. You know, one person would get injured on the weekend, then another person at training would tweak something. Then it'd be it was relentless. Game. Honestly, we could even we could read out a list, but I wouldn't want to bore you lot with with the with the list of the sixty man list of injuries. <laughs> Injury at one point, yeah, it was at one point. It was just like the the, the names dropped being dropped in the manager's chat, and it, the list grew on the daily. It was basis. like an entire team. It was like an entire team with subs that was injured. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We we don't have the the luxury of being a Premier League squad where we've got you know the. 23 man squad or, or a youth team to call upon the lads that put that are committed to this club you know they put themselves down to, for the yes for training and, and and games on the weekend but if they're not about or they're injured we don't have immediate replacements at least the first team probably do they can call people up the resis can call people up that leaves the Colts with the, the have the hardest job of all mm. trying trying to find trying to get players in that they may not know as much about or maybe aren't at the level yet. There's there's times this season where it, it has been difficult. Yeah, it's, uh, it's round pegs in square holes and it's not to, that's not being disrespectful to the players. It's, it's playing players well out of position and mm. things like that, which is really, makes makes life really uncomfortable and, you know, I'm sure Sibs and Al have touched on that in their, in their podcast as well. Um, but I, I know that, that, you know, they're having to play play themselves and, and I, you know, I've had to play myself this season, which is just an absolute farce when you think about, you know, being in the division that we're in. I'm not a player manager. I haven't got that luxury the same as, you know, as Lewis as being the assistant and also being fit enough and good enough to still be playing. And obviously mm-hmm. Matt and Tom as being actual bona fide player managers. I'm 36 and I should be nowhere near a football team at this time when you consider the depth that we've got at the club so it's yeah it's been it's been a shocker to be honest and yeah we could wax lyrical about it all night I suppose couldn't we but it's been yeah it has affected the season I know Jake said it's not an excuse but actually when you think about it for us to be in the position that we're in I think you can pretty much put it down to to injuries at the moment I think I think that does reign majority true. I I, I don't want to. Again, I, I don't think we were mentally right at the beginning of the season, like I, I touched on before. That was then compounded by the fact we had these injuries coming on a weekly basis. <clears throat> Trying to find a form of consistency um, in the first half of the season took ten times as long as you know ten times longer than we wanted it to. And you know, from from your perspective, Jake. I know you said that you you think that we're doing you know we're in the right direction. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done, in my opinion. Yeah, hundred um, percent. There's yeah, like just with the and maybe not fitness so much because it's not really an issue at this point in time. In terms of getting players back from injury, that's another massive step because we don't you know, rush people in. What I think it what I think doesn't help as well is. And I know Steph 
makes a valid point about this more often than not, the reserve captain. He, one of the first things he said to me near the start of the season was that, I mean, Hoops can, and Lewis can obviously back me on this as well, where he wants to have the same partner as much as humanly possible because then you don't know how each other play. And with, like like the guys have been saying now, they've used how many? What was it? 48? And the first have used 41 or whatever. And yeah. like it, it goes back to the inconsistency because ideally you want to have the same in the first, the same in the reserves and the same in the Colts. And the only time it should be changed is uh, like if people unfortunately get injured, not to the extent that we've got currently, but or if someone has proven that they deserve to be up in the next team, which there have been several instances this season. But it's just like there's no consistency with who's playing with who. Every week, I don't think there's been an unchanged side this season for any of the three teams. No, um, not at all. And, you know, I get the fact that it's ideal having a good amount of numbers, if you will. I know on match day, the availability hasn't exactly been the best recently, but we, it, especially in the first team, for example, we're using players that are willy-nilly and, and this also meaning that players are playing out of position um, to cover injuries and availability. I could literally list a load of people now who they do because they do it for the shirt, but they play out of position and it, it, it kind of shows. But I do think that it's slowly coming about. You know, it's not where we want to be and there is a lot of work to be done. But I, we're getting there. If that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like you know, we made it sound very somber and morbid, really, didn't we? But the season's not all been, you know, negativity. It really hasn't. The results no. have been the results have been overall not where they could be. But like I touched on before, the morale at the club, it's it's stayed stayed at a really high level. Um, everybody's encouraging each other. All three teams all the whole club is still so unified in, in the way we play football and the way that we <clears throat> treat each other and, and and treat others um so whereas and i know football football is a results business at the end of the day if you don't get the results you're not going to stay in the league um and you know that's kind of the aims from a first team perspective is <clears throat> our our aim now our aim was to was to get comfortable in this league. Obviously, before the preseason, it was, oh, can we aim for promotion? <clears throat> but through the changes that happened, people leaving, coming in, all of that, it kind of, and then injuries and, and, and all of that, it's kind of compounded us into this. You know, we changed our, our mindset slightly. Um, and nowadays, it's, well, at the moment, should I say, it's more about surviving in this league, for this year at least. Um, because as as Jake touched upon, we're we're second bottom. We've got one point on the board after six games, five losses and a draw. Um, I don't think all of our performances have deserved losses, but at this level, you can't you can't say, "Oh, well, we deserve to win," because if we don't win, then that's that, that's literally it. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Lou, you probably feel the same. Like, for example, using that cutters game, no matter where they are in the table or how you play, if you're not at it, I know you weren't there for it, but you heard all about that game. 
if you're not at it, you will lose regardless of what level of football you're at. Yeah. I mean, touching on what Hooper said earlier, I just don't I don't quite get how we can actually lose a game like that against a <laughs> bottom team who's not won a single game. They turn up with 10 men and they have three Simbins. It doesn't sound possible to lose a game like that. Sounds wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it happened. It, it was the most it was the most miserable day of my life, footballing wise. Honestly. Like when you look when you look at it, if you said if that was a game of football manager or a game of FIFA or whatever your preferred simulator is, there's no way that you should lose that game. Like absolutely no way. You say that was your um, worst moment, Luke. So what you I mean you turned your phone off for a week after you went and goal against Stokeside. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah that's because i that's because i i hurt my shoulder lou you know this i've told you um he's but, hurt his shoulder but, for the rest of his life now he won't go back uh, and go. yeah it's, it's not it's not it's it's, it's, it's never gonna fully feel, recover which one made you feel worse after stokeside or cutters uh mate it's that's it's a it, the the cutters game was a disgrace every player there knew that that was a, a, a bad day. Mm. Whereas the Stoke side game, I felt personally like I let the team down because the rest, because our team played well, like we played well that day. Yeah. They, they had good players undoubtedly, but I, I do think if we would have had a goalkeeper in, in that day, I think we would have beat them. Yeah. I mean, I don't so I it, quite see you let us down if I'm honest with you. Nah, no, I, it, it takes it takes a lot of from a goalkeeper myself. It takes a lot to not I wouldn't say pluck up the courage, but to do that. Um, and just going on to Stoke side, I don't think they were all that. They had one nippy player that was because I was there as well. Um, but you ran it and he ran. And he ran they, had, that game. they 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 went off of one player for the entire game, literally, and and yeah. that's how you know and. The performance, from my point of view, with Stoke side, it, it was it was absolutely fine until like the last, you know, we we know what happened, but I just think, like Matt said, we shouldn't be doom and gloom, you know, we we, we take responsibility where needed if there's any mistakes or errors or whatever, but at the same time, you have to try and take positives, and I think throughout the club this season there has been a good amount of positives to fall back on, if that makes sense. Um, for right, for right, all three teams. Given given um, the position, yeah, I, I would agree. Given the positions of the teams, there's more positives than you might assume. There would be. Well, Jake, you, on, Jake, Jake, you come, Jake, you come from a obviously another club from last season to this season. So I suppose you could see a, a big difference in how clubs are run and the atmosphere and. A hundred percent. There's there's. To go from the small club that I was at to Wessex was a massive leap, if you will, because of the the difference in the clubs um, to which the reserves actually ended up folding. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, it's just I've learned a lot since being at the club, and one of the main things that I have learned is that everything that's been thrown at you boys has been dealt with. I'll use the reserves for an example with, with all these injuries. You can have a handful of backfield players and they might be able to play in 
two, three, maybe even four positions, which, like, for example, Josh Watt, he's a central midfielder, but he can slot in at right back every now and again. Do you know what I mean? Um, and the Stoke side game, for example, where Hooper had to go in goal because of an injury problem with goalkeepers, Josh went right back because we were struggling. And he, I don't know if he got mad on the match, but I think he, he was very close. He actually got a goal. Um, but going back to the like the goalkeepers, I think the the way, and it's not just with the reserves, it's been throughout all three teams this season. No matter what's been thrown at you guys, I don't actually think much more could have been done. You've done everything that you've, you can. And it's paying off, you know, like with, with the goalkeepers. We've got Caden coming in. Obviously, he's a new lad. Um, he's gone straight into the first team. Um, and then Liam was out injured because of his finger. Obviously, he, he's making a slow return now. Chris with his back. And that was it. Um, but that Stoke side game didn't deserve a loss. Um, I agree. And I, I could think of examples now, um, but I'm not going to, across where the Colts have had struggles with um, injuries and availability. You know, the results haven't been there for them, but you, you look at their performances and apart from maybe one or two games at a push, the Colts, I don't feel, should be where they are. Same with the first. You know, the first got off to a bit of a slow start, but it's gradually been getting better, you know. Last-minute equaliser against Eastern Cowboys for a horrific deflection and, you know, the game against Rockleys on the weekend, last weekend. It was there. It was just all opportunities where they got in and, caught us napping but I do feel we have to take the positives going forward because I do think that's getting us through it yeah, yeah. You, you, men- you mentioned new players like there's there's a massive bunch of new lads that have come in and yeah. have <clears throat> after losing a lot of players in, in you know the gap between last season and this season those new players you know some of them are uni lads um Others have, have, have sort of around the local area and played for other clubs before. You know, they they've really taken us. Yeah, they're really sort of bringing us through, aren't they? To be honest, they've been very uh, impressive. Take nothing away from any of, of the other lads, old guys yeah, coming back and existing players. But yeah, the the new guys have settled in very well, especially <laughs> after a couple of people on Saturday. Um, yeah, they've um, they <laughs> they've um, they've all fitted in really well on and off the pitch and it, and it is great to see you know because it can like me for example I, I came from a club that was in the same division as the reserves last year knew a couple of people and then walking into a club that's got 70 players on the books 11 members on the committee it's just like whoa but then you know once you've been around the boys and the great woman obviously for a couple of weeks, it, it's literally so easy to settle in, and I can see why the boys have settled in so quick. I've, I've experienced it myself. I think it's been like that since I've been at the club as well. That's the one thing I've said on a on a previous podcast is I've never been at a club where everyone's so welcoming. You look at you look at after the games at Lockleys, or you look at our Christmas parties. Everything, every single team at Wessex mingle together. You won't be able to pick out who's first resident coach because we all get on as one club. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah you don't get that often often in teams. Well, it was like Biden. Um, Luke Biden said to me about um the reserves opponents last weekend. Like, what was it? Oh, actually, I'm not going to say who, but Biden said that he knows half of them, and apparently the first team and the reserve team they don't even know each other's names. Whereas, like you said, at this club, you've got three teams, and off, like if they're all mixed, the point you won't say, "All oh, right, he's the first teamer," and and so on and so forth. It's just one big happy family, basically. See, that's that's an alien. The fact that certain teams don't know other players, like the first teams not knowing the reserves, that's an alien concept to me. And I know it is with Tom as well because we've only ever been at one adult club. And that's Wessex. It's not like we've been to other clubs and we know firsthand what it's like. We we hear from other people, like Lou said. Lou's been to different clubs. He, he said that it's it's not been like it is at Wessex. That's strange for us to hear, but also we take it as such an achievement for the club um, and for us as a management committee to to promote just everybody getting on with each other like there's no no one saying oh he's terrible don't want to talk to him or oh mm. let's all pick on pick on this kid unless it's Jake um, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so other than that there's not really like that's ne- that's never been an issue and as long as you know we're at this club as a committee I don't see it being an issue that would that would be that would be something that we'd, we'd really have to look at ourselves and 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 say, you know, <laughs> what's changed? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we've, think... we've had players. We've had players say it as well, Matt, haven't we? Who have come in and been yeah. like, "This is, you know, this is such a great club." And I, I know, me and Lou sat down with with um, Fez before the se- before the season started, and he couldn't believe like how how good it was when you know we had two or three teams up at Lotney's in pre-season all you know playing one after each other and, and things like that and everyone was getting on there was no clicks um, and I haven't seen a click since I came back like that's how good it's been regardless of of what's going on everyone there are disagreements there always will be but it never it never sort of fractures the club it never sort of spreads or causes issues it's all nipped in the bud we all train with each other we all you know, maybe it's not great that they're all being selected in, you know, in different teams all the time because of the availability and injuries. But I think it help. It does help that, you know, if a player turns up on a Saturday to the first team, for example, even if he hasn't been there for a couple of weeks or all season, he knows players straight away and the players in that team will immediately make him feel welcome. Yeah. Uh, it goes a long way. I think the the community of Wessex is something that we we really do promote. Like I think you could use. It's a shame the game didn't go ahead, but we knew it wasn't going to. Someone like Charlie Rogers, who has come leaps and bounds this season, and the weekend just gone, we were supposed to play um, Filton, and he was going to make his debut for the first team. He was on the bench. Um, now, if that was a player at another club he might have come onto the bench not knowing anyone. But I'm pretty yeah. confident in saying that Charlie Rogers knew 70, 80% of the first team he would be involved in mm. and has spoken to them and had conversations and, and has somewhat of a good rapport with them. So that already takes out the whole, 
you know, potential nerves of not knowing who's around you because, well, he does or would have done. Mm. Um, so that those types of scenarios are, are really crucial at, at a club from, from my perspective and from a management committee. I know we value that so highly as well. But I think getting on to... I, I think in, we've kind of gone over how the season's been so far. Um not great could be better is how I would phrase it. I know hoops probably hoops and do would phrase it a little bit differently, but I feel like we all know we can do better. That's kind of like the overall consensus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, at the end of the day, league position in December doesn't matter to anybody. It's, it's where you are towards the end of the season that matters. And <clears throat> yes. Okay. There's less pressure in the reserves at the moment because you know, we've got a couple of wins on the board and there, there's, but there's always a feel-good factor amongst the entire club. Look at the first team, get get a couple of back-to-back wins in the new year when we when we all, you know, get back to football again. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we forget that the start of the season was a bit poor and, you know, it's, it's, it's all good again. So, yeah, as long as we get the availability back, the injuries clear up, um, I, I can only see good things this season. Following on from that, in terms of, you know, what Hooper just said about the um, the tables, all three tables are very still, are still very quite close. So, like Hooper just said then, all it takes is two, three wins, regardless of whether they come in the banks or slightly spread apart. It, it completely changes the season. Maybe, you know, we don't want that to happen to the reserves because of the position that they're in. We want them to keep flying. But, you know, from the first and, res- uh, the first and Colts perspective, we know that's not where we want the teams to be. But, again, it, all it takes is a win or two and the table's completely turned upside down. And, you know, who knows what could happen. That's that's what that's what makes it so good is you can be you know, we first team is second bottom by Christmas. Anyone else, you know, some people can look at that and go, Oh, your season's finished, you're getting relegated. That's not, you know, our mindset in the slightest. It's okay, we've started behind. Now it's about catch up. Can we catch up? Can we prove why we're in why we should be in this league? I mean you look at you look at the just look at your league table, Matt. You're obviously you're down in eleventh. There's twelve teams in your division. You have got a team that's seventh in the lead league, and they've played nine games. You played six. They've got nine points. You got one. Yeah. So you win three games on the bounce, which would be difficult, but it's possible. You could potentially go up to mid table from just three like wins. And you're second from bottom at the moment. And it just shows, like Jake said, how close the league actually is. Yeah, there's obviously only only playing six league games. I feel like that's benefited us in terms of the injuries. If if we if we had had a game every week, and I think like Avermouth or someone is on 10, nine or ten games or something at the top. If we had a no. game every week, um I think we may have we may have been forced into more uncomfortable situations, um, just because we wouldn't have been at full strength. We wouldn't have been. It would have been backs against the wall um, from the off, really. So the fact we've been able to delay 
the games being played through um well just it's been it's worked in our favor Lawrence Weston called the game off because of the pitch Filton have called it off we've had we got through you know one round of the cup and we had another cup game you had a couple uh, weekends free we just had free weekends it it's worked out pretty positively from an injury standpoint um mm. it's not ideal none of it is but actually allowing people to to recover properly rather than rush them back after a week of being out when they're supposed to have I don't know two months out or something that's something we try and avoid doing um and for the most part I think we have been able to do it uh but like I said the the the, the list of injuries we've had have been ridiculous yeah and it's not it's not an excuse it's not an excuse Matt it's not. I mean, you look at your the first team situation. Six games played in the league, and you've got five five goals that you've scored within the six six games. I mean, that's obviously not good enough. But you look at your front three last season. You have the likes of Kim, who's not here anymore, as you said earlier. Tom, who's been injured all season, and Jack, who's been injured pretty much all season. Yeah. And obviously, George wasn't here at the start of the start of the season. He was starting off in the reses with us. So, attacking wise, you didn't have the same attacking team as you had last season. So it's all completely new. Yeah, we've had Ollie's been away for a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, Ollie's been away. We've got players coming in that you know, like Luke Glossop's played for us a couple of times. Bowden, Kiarden. yeah, Kiarden. Yeah, I think come back. Believe it or not, so, I think he played, didn't he play as a false number nine for you guys, Kierdan? And he's a he's more of a cam than he is a, a striker. I think he, he's played as a as a wing as a winger, trying to figure out where his where he had the most impact. Um, it was either wing or cam, wasn't it? From Kierdan's point of view, I think Hooper can write to me on this. The game he played against Imperial, where he went into like a central midfield role. My word. completely mental we look at him all season you know especially during the eight aside what he can do and it's just remarkable like what a player can do when he's put in a position that is unfamiliar to him but he completely changed the game I mean Hmm. should have won that game 100% Um, but that central mid role central midfield role I'll be honest with you, suited him. And he looked he looked confident, he looked composed. Um, and it was just a shame that we didn't get the three points from it. But again, promising stuff. I think yeah, with Kiag, it's, it's, it's just been his availability has not been consistent um every week because if he was available every week, I think he'd be he'd be getting a lot of minutes for us, for the reses for sure, and potentially being looked at in the first team. I think a lot of him as a player, and and I think you can you can see um, physically that he's been getting himself fit when he first started coming preseason. He was a bit overweight, unfit, throwing up at training sessions. <laughs> he's turning up at training yeah. sessions now. He looks so much fitter than what he did, and he's enjoying yeah. it. But yeah. he just needs that consistency of trying to be available most weeks because he could have a massive impact on on any of the teams. It's just unfortunate. It's it's obviously work related, so bit of a stalemate if you will because obviously we appreciate that you know work does come first um but i i i agree with what you're saying is it's a shame that he's not 
like a week in, week out here because if that was the case from the start of the season, then who knows where he'd be now? Do you know what I mean? Hmm. I think I think for me, when you look at players being played in in those positions where they're not, um, where maybe it's not their preferred position, if you like, we had the same with we, we've touched on Luke Glossop. He's played as a false nine for me in the reserves. We started off with a in central midfield, and then due to a bit of tactical mastery by my uh, my assistant Lewis, we end up putting him out on the wing. And we pay, he at- we pay for in it. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't bring money into it. I, I haven't paid him yet. <laughs> um, but we put him out on the left, and he was like a revelation out there. He was un- absolutely unbelievable. And if he would have carried on with the way that he was performing, scoring goals, assisting, um, you know, we would have been looking at yeah, you know, players' player, managers' player of the season. And it's unfortunate that um, it's unfortunate for us that he, he's he's had to go go back and, and do an internship. Um, but we hope to have him back in, you know, maybe February, March sort of time. But it's players like that that have really stepped up when when we need them to. And it it's done us a real it's done us a real favour really. I think it's not just stepping up. I think it's it's turning it around. You look at the start of our season against Ball Plain, um there's a lot of arguments in the team which I think it was between Charlie and Stefan and Abud. Abud ended up going off at half-time. Um, and then after that, his attitude completely changed. And as Soup said, as soon as he went out to the wing, it was, it was like we unleashed a completely different player. Yeah. And again, he got his call up to the first team, um, which was well-deserved as well. I didn't like it. I didn't like it, but yeah, it was well-deserved. Yeah, it was well deserved, <laughs> and then he then he goes home. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, oh, that 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 capitulates that. Oh, just how we have like a, a player who's so there's so much potential. We're just getting the best out of him. We've just got him in the best yeah. position, playing so well, and he's off. Hmm. So like that that is completely He'll be back. out of our hands. He will. He yeah. He will be back tell you that but it, it, um, it, you think about it though it, it just it gives him something to well look forward to when he comes back and for him to work towards it because you know one of the last games he played or well no the last game was uh the game against um long ashton for the reserves but for me with a boot i think his breakthrough game if you will was probably against Rockleys. um yeah, the game where you know we should have drew, we should have won hundred percent. Um, again, it was the two moments where switched off for a second and they scored two <laughs> poor goals in 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 our defence. Um, you know it was unfortunate you missed the penalty, but the goal he did score was an absolute cracker. And ever since that game, I feel he has just been progressing and progressing and progressing. He got his first team cooler, which was, again, like Lewis said, it was deserved. And, you know, uh, the door is always open for him. It's as simple as that, you know. It's a shame that he had to, well, fair play to him. But from our perspective, from a football perspective, it is a shame that he uh, he had to leave us when he was... Uh, yes, it's, it's the, exactly. It's the manner, it's the manner of, of players leaving. And we, we've lost a couple of players, you know, me and, me and Lewis. Um, sat down 
at the start of the season and, and spoke about senior players in the reserves after we lost pretty much the spine of, of the team um, during pre-season. And we looked at a player like Charlie Kempson um, and, and Steph as those senior players. And unfortunately, Charlie... Um, Charlie decided to take a bit of a break from football and, and left. And of course, the door's open. He's, he's always more, more than welcome to come back. We'll never close the door. That's the Wessex way. Is unless you've done something pretty spectacularly wrong, um, you're always free to come back. But it's, it's the manner of, of the exit, I think. And with, with a player like Abood, it hit us at the wrong time completely. I don't think there would have been a right time, to be fair. Much like Kim, um, you know, just it just really... I don't know, it just feels it feels like it immediately impacts your starting eleven and and that's obviously not what you want. But you know, there's positives. players are stepping up. You know, I look at like Sam Oscroft, for example, and I, I know he plays on the opposite side, but there's been moments this season where he stepped up and and, and played for played for me in the reserves and he's lit it up. 100%. And then and then and then he takes two weeks off, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> so frustrating. But it, you know, it is what it is. It's good that players can do that and can step up. Um, that's the reason why we've got the pathway, as we call it, with with the Colts and the reserves in the first team. It enables a player like Abood or like Luke Glossop, or you know, the, the names can can go on and on about who can then take that step up and not just fill a position in a team but actually add something to that team yeah yeah all right. with, with, sorry mate carry on okay no go on no I'm just saying with with the amount of quality that we I was going to lead on to the to the the players that we've got in I'm pretty sure we've named about 60% of all the new lads that have come in throughout the podcast already and that just shows how much of an impact that they've had they don't need their own you know, point a talking point because they've had an impact on the club regardless. Um, you could also talk about players that have, have left the club and that have come back. I know Hoops has got a list of a list of them just because it's funny, but also because like players that... funny funny and frustrating at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah funny and frustrating. That they want to try somewhere else for their own reasons and we respect it but they're also willing to talk about coming back and some of them do come back um, and some of them might still come back. We don't know. That's, that's the, what, like who said, the door is always open for there to be a conversation. You know, it's never, oh, yeah. it's, it's never a player leaves and then if they want to come back, they're straight in. That'd be, that'd be, too, that'd be too simple. It's more of a, a conversation of, okay, but you've left and you want to come back. Do you understand... It's not you don't just pick up where you left off, mm. essentially, because that's not how it works. There needs to be an understanding from a, a manager to a player, you know, connection. And every player that's come back has has understood that really well, I think. Mm. I think it just goes to show the sort of club that we are, that the minute it's not going well or they've they maybe realize they've made a mistake in leaving they haven't gone to three or four teams before to then come back. They've, they've initiated the conversation with the managers at this club. Probably well, in apart advance. From Chez. Apart from Ches. Yeah, but I think even with Ches, he, he, 
he, he he was coming to games. He came to watch my game against Redbridge. He came to watch a couple of games, and yeah. there was always that there was always that interest from him to come back. And and to be brutally honest, there was interest on our side as well because we know what he can bring to a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, and for Chairs, he's come back into the reserves and he hasn't put a foot wrong. No, he's doing very well. Yeah, yeah, same with same same with Bowden. Bowden's come back and his attitude is absolutely spot on. To be fair, Bowden's um, attitude was I don't think you could ever really fault it, it was, to be fair. Yeah. It was never out. It was never and, and to be fair, Chez has his moments, but you know, we're not talking about bad eggs coming back, no, back no, in no. any way, shape, or form, because we wouldn't welcome that back to the club. We wouldn't want that around the club. And there have been players that we wouldn't have back. I'm not going to name names, of course, because um, <laughs> they might know where I live. Uh, but <laughs> the grass ain't greener. <laughs> but no, I, when you look at it, they're every like we've already touched on that we're all good lads here, and you know, like Jord, Jord's probably the, the the case in point here. plays plays against us for Nick Wands, mm. scores against us. I think it was a lucky goal. Don't think he deserved it. Probably went in off his shin or something. You know, he celebrates it wildly in front of Trimble, um, but then realizes that maybe he, he wants to come back. He comes back. He's playing football not as much as he wants because of his injury, but he's 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 fallen straight back into it. He's integrated right back into the club again, and that's that's kind of that's, that's like the, the story of our season isn't it, at the moment. Club's lovable idiot. <laughs> lovable. <laughs> Tolerable, <laughs> tolerable. <laughs> yeah, I think I he's like improved. They're... I do think he's improved, though. I do. Yeah, yes, yeah. You you can see that despite there being uh, an injury, that his quality still shines through. Yeah, and when he has the chance, uh, when he when he's fully on his game, he finishes that chance or he makes the right decision. Um, I know that he had injury. He had issues with his ankle and. Potentially still does. I don't feel like it's a hundred percent still, um, but that's you know that's down to him and, and how he feels. Mm. Uh, our main concern now, not just with Jord, but with any player coming back from injury, is can we we need to make sure that we n- not only make sure these lads don't get injured again, but we also need to trust them, and they need to trust us, or they need to be mm. honest. I say <laughs> about you know, how they're feeling in an injury because we don't really want to get back into the situation of having 40 injured or whatever it was, 30, you know, having two full squads of injured players over a course of half a season because that's going to dismantle any kind of title challenge, survival, any of it. Mm. Um, There needs to be that degree of honesty. And I feel like we're we're getting there slowly. (laughs) Oh, definitely. We we've never, like, le- legitimately, we've never sat down and gone. Oh my God, we need to fold the Colts, or you know, we just need to. We've not called the game off this season because we can't raise a team. Do you know what I mean? We're, when we look at it, there have been weekends where we've had all three teams playing, and we and we've put out squads. Um, but we're nowhere near desperation point. Yes, it could be more comfortable, but I think that sh- that goes to show how. And I know this sounds a bit mad to say because it's talking about the managers, but I think we've all dealt with it incredibly well. And I think if 
the players would love to see a manager's chat during the week when it goes in the build-up to a to naming a squad because, you know, it's not a nice place to be. We bicker and row constantly about who's having who and Jake's had to step in and, um, you know, remind us as to what, you know, what the best thing to do is potentially at certain points. But, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier in the position that we're in, like, as a club. I feel like, <clears throat> just going on that, with the discussions we have, though they may get is heated even the right... I don't think heated is the right word. I think it's, a... It's a contentious, mat- isn't it? A, a mature... we want to win. It's a, yeah, we do. It's a mature discussion um, that we don't always agree. We don't always agree. And I think that's good because why would you want yes men around you all the time? I feel like you need people... And I've said to Jake as well that challenging not necessarily saying you need to do this but bringing something up bringing something to the attention of other managers they may they're more than entitled to go no I'm good thanks but the fact Mm. that you bring something up as a point of discussion is massive I think in a decision making process and I feel like yeah we, we know other clubs don't operate in that way. The first team select their squad and then move on. And then the reserve team select their squad and move on. And then et cetera, et cetera. I don't even think it don't works do- like that. It don't work like that sometimes, Hoops, if I'm honest with you. The clubs that I've been at, it's like I touched on earlier, it's that clicky. You don't, they don't select their first reserves and third, third team. It's literally separate. Everything's mm. separate. So they already know they got... Up to twenty first team players. Like, if you're playing for the reserves, you're playing for the reserves every week. You know that, or you might just get dropped. But yeah, there's no none of these conversations that happens between our club, which I think is is, is really good. Um, it's just, yeah, a, a lot of other clubs is just very very separate. Mm. But I think it works for us in terms of the way we have our conversations, and I do, I do think, uh, I do think the first team are helpful towards the reserves um, as much as they can be. I think there's always oh, yeah. there's there's always a limit because, and there's times this season where you know <laughs> it's. Was it 8 a.m. on a Monday morning or Tuesday morning? And Hoops has already put in five full stops. And it's like, <laughs> oh, he's, he's unhappy. He's unhappy. Um, yeah. And, stop, and stop naming six subs when you can only name five. <laughs> like, <laughs> but he's amazing. It's, not, it's, the, it's, the, it's the ones that they put the player slash player. That's what gets Hoops. Well, that, that, yeah. was, that, was, that was a trutchy thing. That, that was a trutchy thing. But going back to what Lewis was saying a minute ago in terms of, you know, even though there may have had uh, there may have been a few tickety conversations, well no, there there is always a few tickety conversations. It shows that you're passionate about your team. And not only does it show that we can be looking out for each other's teams, but I also think it's key for the players' developments as well, as in you know, Tom and Matt recognising that Abu, for example, forget about availability because there have been a few players that have been called up on, even if availability is there. Um, you know, Sam Oskoff, I'll use as an example, he um, got called up to the reserves against Rock Lees. Now, 
he's probably going to hate me for this if he listens, but I literally said to... I think it might have even been Lewis on the sideline where I said, like, why is he not using his left foot? Does he does he not have a left foot? And then he goes and bangs one in on the edge of the box with his left foot, and then two minutes later hits the crossbar with the same left foot. And, you know, Sam Abu, several other players have proven that, you know, they have the ability to go up and beyond. But I think it's key that you guys as managers, which you are doing, are recognising that. Because like Lewis just said then, you got however many other teams who literally don't talk to each other, there's no room for leeway. The players, that's it. You know, I'm having these lot, you're having these lot, see you at the end of the season. But I think mm. the fact that, you know, I know we have to abide by the rules, which <laughs> sometimes is very frustrating. But it just goes to show that we, we can be looking out for each other as well as putting the players' interests at heart as well. And I think that's one of the many things that shows the club's intentions, the meaning of it, and so on. I think it's it's a very healthy atmosphere to have. I feel like if you can if you can kind of help each other, advise each other, and grow with each other, I think that's quite crucial to any kind of management structure in any, in any job I would say that I would say if you can if you can constructively criticize and grow with your counterpart then you become better people in the position you're in and I feel like as a management committee I, th- I think it was the same last year and I think we've grown from that as well which is as managers we have become better people people if you know what I mean mm. like yeah, it, yeah. It makes you better at, well, socialising, understanding. Um, you're essentially, it's like a, it's a form of education, or at mm. least I see it like that. Every day's a, every day's a lesson at this club, I can tell you that. <laughs> it's, it's the soft side of management that I think the, like the players listening, like maybe they get it, maybe they don't. But when they realise, like, we, we, we love all of them. Like, they're all good, they're all good lads every single one of them, you know, I can't say I've ever enjoyed dropping a player or saying that I can't play a player or, no. know, any, or, or anything like that. It's always difficult. Um, but the difficult conversations need to be like the appropriate ones at the end of the day. And when we look at players who may be playing out of position or, you know, aren't in the 11, maybe, maybe on the, on the bench or maybe being dropped, to be fair, it's been a rarity that we've had a player really kick off. And I think that's a testament, not only to them in the mentality that they've got, but also the way that we deal with it. We're all very approachable. Obviously Jake in the role that he's in as GM, um, he's a, he's a, he's a big people person. People can go up to Jake and talk to him and know that he's going to listen and he'll value what they've got to say. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's massive. It takes the pressure off of us as as managers, so we don't have to not put up with it because we would do anyway as part and parcel of the job. But it allows us to focus on on what we need to focus on, which is ultimately on a Saturday is winning winning matches. So, but having said having said that as well, I think it it, it it's a credit to the players as well 
like you said, there, there have been a few discussions where you can tell that a player's not happy about either being dropped, not coming on from the bench, or playing at a position. Um, but, like you said, there's not been one person that has majorly kicked off. There have been discussions where you know that they're not happy, but it hasn't been concerning. And, like you said then, people have come to me, won't name names, they've obviously come to me to express something they may not be happy with. And if I already know the answer, then boom, they can have the answer. And then sometimes they agree, sometimes they don't, but then at least we've shown that they've uh, they've been listened to. Um, and if not, then I go to the managers and possibly ask for an explanation and, and you get the picture. But I think it's a credit to all of the players as well, where they know that the season in a way, isn't going the way that we planned, but they are being patient and they are uh, sticking with us, if you will, and doing what it takes to put on the shirt and put in a good shift. Yeah. yeah I mean, we've, all, we've all demonstrated consistency, haven't we? We've, ne- we've never been inconsistent in the way that we've dealt with anybody. And I, I kind of like it when players are unhappy because it shows they care. Yeah, It shows they actually give a monkeys about about what we're trying to do here. If you have players who are like, oh, I'm not selected, oh, okay, see you at training. Um, you know, I I don't think I could abide that. This but... is what I say. This is what I say in, like, if, if, if someone comes up to me to say that they're not happy with the team that they're in or they're not happy with the position or et cetera, et cetera, I say to them nine times out of ten, like, get your head down and show that you can, you can do it. Not that you want to do it, because we, we know that you want to, otherwise you won't be having this conversation with us. But have the come uh, show that you can do it. And, you know, like I said, there's several players who I feel this season have shown that. You know, Abud started the season, he had his half-time whinge uh, against Broad Plain, you know, and then um, he was borderline first team, now he's not here. Um, yeah. That's just one example. But, yeah, I think it, it, we, we have to give credit to the lads as well to because of their um, approach to it. You know, I yeah. know a lot of teams who have got players that will literally just go skit. Um, and obviously we, we wouldn't accommodate it and we'd obviously be having words. But the fact that we don't have to shows what a great bunch of lads we've got as well. Yeah, I was just thinking about it then. We, we moan about not being able to select a consistent squad. That must be equally as frustrating for them as well. Because yeah. one minute they're one minute they're in the reserves, then they're up in the first team, then they're, you know, then they're in the Colts. And it's not because of the fact they've had a bad game. It's not the fact that they're in poor form. It's just, you know, we need players to play in certain positions. And if that's their position, then we'll try as much as we possibly can to play them in that right role and I, I know we've touched on on him already but you know Josh Watts versatility is also is it's like his worst enemy mm-hmm. I don't think he's the only one either. you look at Luca. yeah I agree I think yeah. you could also say Luke Glossop I was about to just touch on him but in, in terms of there being you know trying to fit a player into the right position it's also we might want them to get more minutes. We think, oh, we could put him on the bench for, say, the first team 
or maybe he could start. He'd be starting for the Colts. Exactly. Yeah. For someone, in, for someone in his position who, as an attacking player, he wants to score and assist and add to his game. And if we take him for the first team on the bench to get 20 minutes, would that be? It wouldn't be as beneficial, maybe, as getting 90 or 80, 90 minutes for the for the Colts. You know, it's not the same yeah. level, but in terms of his development, he could be better long term for having gone down and played for, yeah. for the you know yeah, I think that's what Lewis I was just going to say that's what I was going to say that's what Lewis touched on like when yeah. it comes down to it you, you boys in the first team could select a starting yeah. 11 and five subs and it kind of you could do it to the detriment of the other two teams but that's the healthy side of the discussion up till squad selection is it's it's never been that. It's never been, oh, unlucky boys, you're both in the bare 11 this this week because we're taking the whole bed. Mm. It never has been. And no. and that's that's nice, especially considering, you know, you're not desperate in any way, shape or form because, you know, we're nowhere near that. But you, you want and need a win, but you've never allowed that to stifle the other two teams or indeed the players that you're selecting, like you say, Luke Glossop, could get 90 for the Reses or for the Colts and you be- always bear that in mind not just for Luke but for multiple players like what's best for them as well and yeah it's, it's, it's great it's great for them it's great for the teams below you in the you know in, in the club but I think we, we also need to bear in mind that it's a results business and yeah. we can't have the, we can't have the first team get a well-deserved promotion last season and, and allow that to to ultimately mean nothing by getting relegated this season. And But everybody knows that, that you boys are going to, you know, put everything that you can into it. You already have done. You do all the training, all the stuff that you do on the committee. Like, the amount of work that goes in at this club is, I don't think it's fully recognised. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's, it's sticky, it's tricky, but we move. I thought you were going to finish on a rhyme then or something. I, I, was, I was thinking, oh, I was thinking. I was hoping for it. It's sticky, yeah. tricky. It's sticky, Vicky. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, a, that's a different type of podcast, isn't it? We're doing that one after. <laughs> after um, hours. After. <laughs> I think, I, don't get me wrong, I, lo- I love how this has gone on to just a massive open discussion for this podcast I'm completely I, I, I love it I want to I want to kind of I want to not, not end on a bring it back not end on a high note because we're not ending it just yet but I want us to focus on kind of our in our respective teams who has been the top performers so far who would you boys say in the reserves is catching your eye whether that be coming from the Colts and performing or whether that's, you know, been with you from the start, who would you say is really giving their all and it and you can see it on the pitch week in, week out? Oops, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yes. Yeah, you go, mate. I think obviously the, the most obvious one that we've touched on a little bit already was um, Abu um, from what he's the performances that he's put in week in, week out when he was here. But obviously, 
Now that he's not with us at the moment, I think one that stands out for me that I didn't see much of before, who I'm really impressed with in his games that he's played for us and at training, is um, Charlie Rogers. Yeah. I think, like I said, I didn't... The, the resi team that we had last season was quite consistent, especially the midfield three. It never really changed. So we didn't get to see many other players, but like, what a player Charlie can be. He's he doesn't he's not the biggest built, but he puts tackles in left, right, and centre. He can he can run with the ball, he can pass, he's um he's disciplined in the midfield. Um so yeah, for me, Charlie Rogers is a is one of the standout players for me. I feel like he's he's growing. I wouldn't say that I didn't expect him to, but the way that he's kind of when he was given an opportunity for to play in the reserves, it's it's like he grabbed that with both hands and he was like, "This is what I can do. This is why you should be picking me." I think the moment, the moment, the moment for me personally, the moment for me with Charlie, I think he might have been on the bench against Stoke side. Um, yeah. yeah, so we lost in the cup game uh, 3-2 against them. I think he was on the bench. So he came on and he put a last-ditch tackle in. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, the last-ditch tackle that he put in with five minutes to go. Unbelievable. Like, what, what mm. a ta- it's the best tackle I've seen this season. Hell of a tackle. And that's what caught my eye at that moment with Same, Charlie. Definitely. And from that instant, he's been... Starting in the starting eleven for us, and he's been he's been brilliant, very consistent. Yeah, I fully agree. I told I told him I loved him when he put that challenge in because that player yeah. was coming through onto goal with me oh. in goal as well. He definitely would have scored. Um, <laughs> but no, he he trapped back forty five yards and puts in yeah. the the meatiest but cleanest challenge in the box as well. He it was extraordinary. Out, he took out that player as well, which is always an added bonus, but. Yeah, 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 it was something I, I like you said, I, I thought that was a certain goal. And when I seen him flying for it, I was like, well, he's either going to get the ball or he's going to break his leg. And he, <laughs> yeah. got, he, he got, no, the lunge on it, honestly, it was so meaty. It's it was like a proper old-fashioned tackle. And hmm. it was clean as a whistle. The bloke's gone down like a sack of spuds. And, you know, and, and like Lewis said, that was the moment that caught my eye. That was early on in the season as well. So, Early in my uh, days as GM as well, I'm I'm keeping an eye on players who I think, oh, hang on, he's got a bit about him, and that definitely caught my eye as well. Yeah, so I seen him. I seen him for the Colts last season a couple of times. Yeah. He, he wasn't available that much, but yeah, I agree with Lou. His his performances in training, Dibble raves about him. He, Dibble really really likes him. And he kind of reminds me of, of Dibble in a way, of the way that he, he just has like a no-nonsense approach to the game. You wouldn't yeah. see it by looking at him because you, you you think he's a little bit timid, but he, he's not at all. He, he really doesn't hold back on the, on the pitch. Um, so Char- I've, got a, I've got a team of the season so far up on my screen here, and he's in it. Yes. He's yes, only played a couple of... Um, I got Caden, K- like, deserves a mention. I know we've spoken about him a lot, but he really does deserve it. He's a he's a top lad um, and a and a brilliant goalkeeper. I think we we should we need to we need to keep him at the club. We need to keep him happy. Um, and whenever he's played for the reserves, and I've seen him play for the first as well, he's got a um, I don't know. He's got he's got he's got a, his physical presence. It's an air of it. 
yeah, he just catches things that you think an- another keeper would have to do something spectacular to keep out and he just holds it and then really calmly like puts a ball at his feet and then spanks it 40 yards to someone's feet. It, it, he's, he's a special player for such a young lad and I know he's played higher in, in other leagues but I know that you know, for us, he's been he's been a massive plus this season, and not um, just on the pitch, not just on the pitch. I think off the pitch as well. Him and Ryan, both from yeah, off the pitch, yeah. like what fantastic lads they are, and they've just slotted straight into Wessex like they've been there for years. It's tricky when you think about uni lads. You think they're always going to be on the source, and I think they always are. Those two, but <laughs> but you wouldn't but you wouldn't know because when they turn up, they they're yeah. spot on. They're really really good. I mean both Caden and Ryan have played for the first team as well this season. So it goes to show they've only been here for a matter of months, but they've, they've made a big impact on the club um, almost immediately. I think for me, I know, I know Jake touched on it with, with Steph. He wants, he wants a partner um, in its center back, which is something that he had last season. I think him and Toby, have got a good partnership going. It took a, a little while for it to, to get going, but that's been a big plus for us in the reserves this season. Having that 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 sort of partnership there is always something that I've I've always valued as a as a manager, even as a player, wanting two centre backs who know each other's game inside out, who can read the game, read each other's game, and I think they complement each other really really well. Um, yeah, we mentioned Charlie. Uh, Abood we've already mentioned as well and I think the, the, the last player I'll mention out of, out of the team that I've got in front of me is is Al Fotio. Um obviously Al is, is a first team player it goes he's probably on form the best player at the club at the moment uh, in my opinion um, and he's he's come in from for me when either the first team haven't had a game uh, well it, it will only be when the first team haven't had a game whether it had been cancelled or had a free week um, he's always come in and and scored goals, but but also shown that in that uh, that first team mentality, he brings it with him to the reserves. Yeah, and he's already he's already fully integrated and does a great job. So yeah, I've got to say, like all the players that have played for me this season have have been absolutely spot on. Uh, players coming back like Chairs and Bowden, new lads like Jack Wensley and and Ryan. Yeah, all spot on. I think um, I Nath Price is one of my favourite players at the club. I think he's um, he's just outstanding, outstanding. He's obviously played for us in the Reses, and he's had a few games for us. And again against Stokeside, I thought he was he was so good in that middle. And it's funny because our team's just so opposite with some of the players. You look at the flair of Nath Price, and you've got Steph <laughs> just kicked for fun which completely gets into people's heads and don't get me wrong Steph can play it from the back and pass around but Steph's game is, is getting into people's heads and putting fear into people I he puts like the fear into me Lou that's what you need though. you need a good mixture in a team Oops, yeah no I, I I completely agree I, I think I missed a trick with Steph because I used to get worried every time something happened on the pitch and that he'd go and you know strangle someone or or put him in the boot of his car, but he does that. <laughs> he, he does that. But, but then, Hypoth- hypothetically, all right. Hypothetically, hypothetically yeah. No, no, um, yeah. There's no evidence. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but with Steph, he then goes back to his game again, and yeah. I think that was a learning curve for me. Was 
don't worry about him. Just let him, that's his game. And that's what we need more of, I think. And I know Trutch kind of had that culture in the reserves of, it wasn't just about banging goals, which the reserves have done, you know, over the last two seasons, but it's also the fight on the pitch and Steph's front and centre for that in the right way. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's proven to me this season that having someone next to him is, is the right, it's the right way to, to have a successful team is to complement your best players on the pitch by, by having great players. And that's when I think Toby is, he's pushing first team, I think with the way that he's going. And I think Steph could, could equally step up and, and play in the first team and it would hurt me, but you know, it is what it is. Does that mean we'd have Matt McCarthy in the rest of <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I think and, I'm on... and, and Longley. <laughs> and uh, have four centre backs as the back four. I know Hoops loves but it. When we... you, you always need four centre backs on a Monday, <laughs> mate. So I might as well do it now. <laughs> Trimble, Trimble's not here, so he, he, he's got no right to reply. <laughs> yeah, we play a flat back four. <laughs> but no, I, I completely agree with you, boys. There's I feel like I definitely didn't make a um a, uh, a team of the half season uh because <laughs> we haven't had a lot to shout about so but in, in regards to your the players that you selected and the players you mentioned I think they've they've all delivered for you in different ways and it's complemented your season so far because you're sat in second place knowing full well you could be up on top spot um and the fact that these players are, you know, they're about most weeks. They give you 100% every single game. Those are the types of players that will get you titles, that will win you titles and get you promotion. So I, I feel like if, if things carry on the way they are with the, the quality that you've got and, the, the, you know, the players that you're able to, to mould into the way you want them to play, I feel like the sky's the limit for the Resis. I really do. Um, first team... In terms of in terms of standout players, there have been a few. I've got three on, on off the top of my head that you've mentioned two of them. I feel like Alpha Tio started uh, the season a man possessed in his performances. Um, everything he touched was was just you know it, it was working for him. He was getting goals, he was getting assists. Um, just his overall performances are, are something that he sets the, the benchmark for. You know. It's like with with Sullivan was in him and Sullivan were battling for the same position last year, and it's like he took that personally, and he made sure. I mean, Sullivan's not been around this year so far, but he's made sure that even if he were to come back, that Sullivan wouldn't walk in. Um, and you could say the same thing about Nate Price. Nate Price has been playing as a as a winger majority of times for us. He prefers playing as a cam. Him and him and our technically fighting for the same position. If we go with a two-one pivot in midfield, um, and everything that he's been outstanding, they've priced for us. Everything he touches, it's it's just magnificent. The way he glides with the ball, his little deft touches. I think the only thing that's frustrating for him is he hasn't got more goals and assists to his name. Everything else he's doing is is outstanding. Um, and he, with with Nate Price, the same with Alfatia, whatever whatever team they play in, they stand out. And that's what you want your your upper echelon, you know, types of players to do, is to stand out in in every team, not just, you know, in, in one team. 
Um, so I agree with the fact that those boys have, have, you know, they've been outstanding for you and for us. But also, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say for Sharky as well, I feel like for the first team, he was, he was newly appointed as our, as our captain at the start of the year. Um, he's been playing, he, he started the year as a winger and he's made his way back. He's been my centre-back partner for, you know, <clears throat> best part of the half of the season. Um, he's played left-back, he's played right-back, he's played centre-back. If you put him anywhere on the pitch, he'll give you a top-class performance. He might not be 100% comfortable doing it. He said he's played every position apart from right-back, so we've ticked that one off for him. Um, but even as a centre-back, his knowledge of the game... Um, has has really helped the team, and in in an in an eight nil battering that we got humbled by Avermouth earlier in the season, he got man of the match. Don't get me wrong, you know he was the the best of a, of a bad bunch, but his experience and knowledge and know how really it still managed to shine through because he you you saw any time he didn't have the ball, he was flying into challenges, he was making the right decisions. And that's something that we've struggled with this season to, to, to really get the decisions right, um, to balance kind of making the right decision with, you know, not taking too long on the ball. Um, so Nath Price for Tio and, and Sharkey, honestly, those, that trio. Um, and that's not saying that any of the other, other lads have been playing terribly, but I'd say that those are the names that stand out to me so far out of the, out of the forty-one players that we've we've chosen to play, those th- I mean, K- you, I mean, no. In fact, I'll throw Caden in the ring as well because the poor guy who's come in and and, and slotted in the two, you know, first team keeper, taken to it like a, a duck to water, despite us conceding lots of goals and losing games in some unfair manners as well. He still keeps us in games. The stuff that he does and he's able to do, incredible. I honestly, yeah. you you wouldn't change a thing about what he's doing, and I know it can be disheartening because you're losing, you know, losing quite a few games and you're conceding goals. And as a keeper, Jake probably knows this and and hoops on the odd occasion. If you let in a goal, um, you immediately think it's your fault. That's your first initial thought: is, oh God, I've conceded a goal. I'll let my team down. For Caden, you have he has to be so strong mentally to just get back up and go again and, and that's something that is testament to him as a player because as Hoop said he's a young guy <clears throat> new to the club and he's he's just settled in so well and I hope we have him for a long period of time shall we say because he's honestly a top, top quality lad and a top quality keeper yeah I, th- I think when I compare him to the the other, well, there's two. I think last season we 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 don't really need to say it again, but I think it's right to Jordan Evans helped secure promotion for the first team last season by putting in a shifting goal uh, when he's being played out of position. Um, yeah. And I think when you compare, um, but I also look at your brother. Ben yeah. and and look at the the quality goalkeepers that we've had at the club. I think Caden 
I think he's demonstrating that he's he's that he's he's the step above. Um, so yeah, I think we need to, we need to keep him at the club for sure. But I th- uh, just to go back to Sharky very very quickly, Shark has shown me more off the pitch. But obviously, I, I don't manage him. But I think his influence and his is the way that he he does things at training as well is spectacular because he he brings all of that experience and and shares it with the group at training and it's it's made the training sessions better they're already really high quality anyway but that's that's been a big thing for me to see from a reserves perspective yeah i know my players have taken something from that yeah he he seems like he's he's stepped up in terms of i don't want to say he's matured because you know he's late 20s anyway but he's he's been able to show his experience in another way this year whereas he was only showing it really on the pitch last year wasn't he yeah and that's not that's not taking anything away from him and his performances he showed what level of football he's you know he's played at and what he can bring but he's brought you know a, a calmness to it being a captain he's helped take training a few times as well the players respect him they understand him um it's been a really good relationship working with him as Tom and I would would vouch for him 100% in terms of what he brings to the uh, to the to the club and to the first team and if he were to play in any other team you'd get the exact same yeah i agree jake you still with us down there yeah 100% yeah <laughs> just um taking everything that's been said about the um like the standout performance, uh, performance, if you will, and I'm I'm glad you um you put Caden in there because, I mean, you've said it, but I'll just quickly elaborate. Where you know, being a goalkeeper is is a very difficult, vulnerable. You name it. It's a it's, it can be a horrible. <laughs> it's a horrible position to play in, but it's also a very beneficial because you can be seen. You know, you, you can be the saviour of the day. But I think as a goalkeeper, it, it, you can be very quick to, to blame yourself. And I've had a chat with um, Caden. I've had a chat with Liam, you know, Chris, because there's been a couple of times where they have been beating themselves up. And I've just reassured them. Like, until you get told you've done nothing, you've done something wrong, you know, the manager should be the first to tell you. And yeah, um, but yeah, in terms of standout performers, I think you boys have pretty much nailed it on the head. Um, I think Chez did Chez get mentioned in the reserve? Yeah, yeah. So Chez for me, he, considering he left and he did the rounds and everything like that with um, Ben Sabine and Nelsey, he, he's come back. And again, same with like Bowden and maybe whoever else left and then came back. It's like he never left. Um, I think him going into right back. I'm not entirely sure what his natural position is. Is that right? Is it right back? He, I'd say, well, he was a, he was a winger slash wing back for us okay. um, a year or two ago. But obviously, we don't really play three at the back formation as much anymore. So. He went out to to Bermondsey Down and Nelsie and Tickenham and and started playing as a fullback. Um, 
and he appears to have grown into that role more so. Hoops are probably Hoops have seen more of him this year. We know what he can do, but he can probably give a better um, rundown of, of of his performances, really. Yeah, yeah. So since he's come back, he he, he says he's come back as a fullback. That's the position that he's he's played in while he was away. It's something that he enjoys, and it's odd to hear a player say they enjoy fullback because it you know it's it's a pretty it's a very difficult position to play in. Um, but since he's come back, he, he hasn't he hasn't put a foot wrong. He's he's assisted in a, in a goal when we when we beat Long Ashton, but that that that's you know neither here nor there really. This is about attitude, and he, he's come back and he's he's shown all the right things since he's come back to the club, and we just need that to be consistent through a season now. But that that's not just for Ches Blackett. That's for every single one of the players that that gets picked on a Saturday, we just need consistency out of everybody. And up to this point, we probably we could probably say that we have had that from players in, in difficult situations. Yeah, I'd, I'd 100% agree. 100%. Lou, Lou, you got anything to add on to that? Or I, I will begin wrapping this up. Um, we just failed to mention one more player, I think. And that was the player who got man a match for the first team's last game that they played. Is that uh, we'll, just wrap, we'll wrap it up, Lou, isn't it? Was it? <laughs> oh, did Jake? Did Jake Berry play? We who? <laughs> who? The better Berry. <laughs> the one without a perm. Whoa, allegations are. Where's perm? Where's the at? Oh no, it's only one of the three members there. <laughs> No, I mean, to be fair, we've always said we've always said Lou could could play at the level of of first team, but Hooper just ties him down every week, so we can't really get him. So, well, he ties <laughs> me down, but he only pays me seventy minutes. You guys pay me for ninety minutes. <laughs> oh. Do you know what? Hoop, I knew Hoop, you were going to bring that up. <laughs> you really record with him there because that's not that's not the first time he's brought it up to me. <laughs> He, he, he said he said to me pre-season, he went, yeah, I just, I just don't like getting subbed off. And as soon as he said that, I thought, I'm going to make it my goal every single time that he plays, just just haul him off for, for no apparent reason. You're lucky, you're lucky that we've been told we can't swear. Indeed, indeed. But you can send me messages. Lou's <laughs> forehead veins are about to pop. You can't even, tell because the perm's in the way. Even, even Trotchy never used to take me off. Who? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so on a somewhat happier note as well, um, weekend just gone. We uh, we had our, our Christmas do, and safe to say, it was a night. It was a good night. Um, I just wanted to take this opportunity to uh, to thank uh, Chan, Anthony Chan, and Connor O'Neill. I'm not thanking them. <laughs> for the absolute dates that they uh, they got the lads into um, organising the initiations for all the new lads um, and managers to to partake in manager and... oh no we did do the managers one sorry apologies I thought you meant the all about... for the hey? managers <laughs> <laughs> the, all the videos are safely stored away away from public <laughs> <up>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jake's. No, I'm, I'm, 
I'm looking forward to the because we had a photographer there, didn't we? Um, yeah. So looking forward to seeing some of those. I've uh, already some of told the... him. I've already oh, yeah. told him to be careful with what he sends across <laughs> because one thing that I will say about that bag, the lucky dip bag. I, I you know what I mean. You know the photos clarify and videos. Bag, Jake, always clarify, clarify the but... charity bag. <laughs> no, but it was literally I, I, I. I it was a bit of an, oh, i got to do it. And then, you know, not to mention the, the, the rank drinks they had at either end of, yeah. And, yeah, they were minging. And then, out of the entire bag for the lucky dip as to what we had to wear, I was the only one who picked up a dress. Everybody else had tops. Yeah, you're, you're a good lad, mate. You rocked it and then ripped it. And then ripped it. You really, you really did. Sounds like you're not over it yet, Jake. <laughs> I'm well, not. It's going to me forever. Jake, have you not, do you not realise Jake's taken up permanent residence in the doghouse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 There's oh, pictures and videos on everywhere. No, I'm looking oh, I'm forward to the photos. I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the photos, especially the ones of me, Jordan, Tom. Oh, God, recreating, yeah. recreating the boy band photo you had on the grass pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a really, really good night. No, it and, was. Um, I'd say we, we, we knock it, knock it out of the park when it comes to Christmas dues. I feel like us two on the bounce now that we've, we've, we've really brought the club even, even closer together by doing that. And it was a great send-off before before Christmas, the Christmas break. Um, but other than that, boys, I've not really got much else to add. Any of you boys got anything you'd like to say before we uh, before we end it there? As always, just a bit. As always, just a big thanks to Lynn. She's an absolute absolute sweetheart. She couldn't be there on um, she couldn't be there on Saturday, but we uh, we we I think we all. Had a drink for her, probably maybe more than one. Oh, especially yeah. Jake. He oh, got a bit, okay. got a bit of Anne towards the end. But um, <laughs> no, she does, she does so much for us, and we wouldn't be where we were if she wasn't doing what she does best. So exactly big that up to Lynn. Big up Lynn, the angel. But yeah, boys. Other than that, I just want to give another shout out to a Continuum, the uh, the club sponsor and first team sponsor as well. More specifically, um, for which you know gives us the platform to to be able to promote uh, a company such as Rich Higgs's, and another congratulations to Rich Higgs for winning the the World Cup sweepstake that concluded uh, that concluded yesterday, and uh, Mark Hooper came second. But it's What's not the final then? It was incredible. Final? It wasn't all doom and gloom because we made it so. A lot of people won money, and it wasn't just one big pot at the end. So, Hoops won a little chunk of money, and he got top goal scorer as well, which is another little bit of money. So, not for the first time in my career, Matthew. I might add, I got top goal scorer. Do they do goals in volleyball? <laughs> he's, not about, he's not about football manager, mate. Oh, walk, cool. walk it, the walking football I do on a Tuesday night. Yeah, there's that Yemi's in that as well, isn't he? <laughs> no bilateral movement there, though. <laughs> <laughs> Crab football, mate. He's he's just got engaged as well, hasn't he? He has another congratulations to Yemi. Congratulations. <laughs> he kept that one under wraps. I'll tell you that right now. 
Probably to stop Demi getting anywhere near it. That's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Demi, I'm Demi tapping his foot. Oh wait, we're not going into that right now. Um anyway, <laughs> as I said, a multiple multiple congratulations to all the lads who are winning money and winning love, really, I guess, to make it all wet and softy. Um wet and softy. Wet and softy. <laughs> I'm ending this podcast. Oops, End right? it now. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, boys, thank you for joining me on this. Um, a big shout out to Mr. Lewis Berry, Mark Cooper, and Jacob Walsh. Um, you've just... <laughs> you boys have been a delight this evening. Or this morning, whenever we did decide to finally uh, to finally get this recorded. Um, <laughs> we'll get it out as, uh, as soon as we can. But to all the listeners, thank you. And... Uh, be on the lookout for a potential part two up the Wessex up the Wessex, up the Wessex.